because we were talking about like what do we refer to you as like senator yeah mr senator um what do what i was gonna ask was what do the what what do your white counterparts call you um at work or just in general <laughs> at work in ge- senator senator but- um, I prefer even my colleagues. I tell them just use my first name. Omar. Yeah, yeah. That's yep. a sign of just being humble, man. I really is. No, the thing it's not. It is a you thing too. You're a whole senator, but it's most of the time when we have someone come. Mm-hmm. I have a list of all the things they've accomplished. But the thing is, is you're at a point where it's like Drake. Yeah. Nobody says Drake the rapper. Yeah. Everyone says Drake. Drake. Mm-hmm. First like, name basis. First name basis, because yeah. it's just you know who it is. Yeah. So. I appreciate the Umar. I'm going to keep it that. Umar is nice. Umar is nice. Welcome back to Sincerely Honest. It's your host, Hamza The Truth. It's your boy, Mohamed Sharif. And today we have Umar, also known as Senator. He's a guy guy that's doing a lot for the community, man. One of the the only true politicians that we have in our our midst at this time. Uh, MashaAllah, he's somebody that I definitely look up to. I, I, me and him really got to know each other the past couple months. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I would he- see him here and there. The time, the moment that I felt like, wow, this is the guy, was um, during the George Floyd protests. Oh, wow. When, mashallah, and I'm going to give you some credit that you might not give yourself. And I'm going to do <laughs> this you. right now. <laughs> we, um, we show flowers. We're going to give you your flowers <laughs> before we get into it. But um, I saw a lot, of, a lot of politicians, you know speak and and take advantage of that situation and promise a lot of things and all this and whoop to take selfies um but he was there during the nitty-gritty man he was there i think damn near at every protest um just there as a civilian as an individual that felt like you know this is an injustice that happened to an individual um and you know it shouldn't continue to happen and us having a part of it in this protest is doing something about it so I'll give you your flowers. That was that was powerful, man, and I and I love that. Well, mashallah. But so just to start out, like, how did that kind of that moment? I think it affected everybody, especially Absolutely. if you're from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that kind of affect you, both as an individual, like as a person, as a citizen of Minneapolis, and as a black man, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. and as well as a politician? Um, I could take that answer in uh, a thousand different ways, yeah. but um. What we saw was someone being, a black man being tortured by the police, right? Mm-hmm. For nine minutes, mm-hmm. um, murdered. Um, and it happened in actually the district that I'm representing right now, uh-huh. on 30th in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, at the time, I, was, I wasn't I was a senator. I was yeah. actually running for office. Yep, yep. Um, and it was a tough time, man, because people are already struggling with COVID. Um, you see people of color already having issues with uh, being targeted by the police, so mm-hmm. that trust already wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, and the tension was already already very high. And I, I guess when you saw that, um, it wasn't like another ordinary police killing. Yeah, it right. Wasn't, it yeah. was yeah. it was straight up murder, and and no one can no one can yeah. uh, say otherwise. Um, usually, you'll see folks online. The troll saying, yeah. well, if he, if he didn't do this if or he do this, if he, he didn't, didn't pull out his gun or yeah. if he didn't, but they, nobody could say anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we saw, what did we see? We saw people taken to the streets, not just black people, but everybody, everybody. Muslims, non-Muslims, black people, white people, Latinos, natives, everybody. And that was powerful. Um, and what we saw also was that there were mass protests, but at night, businesses were getting damaged, right? Yep, yep, yep. And we saw people that were worried about their businesses, but also about their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So people at that time took public safety into their own hands. Yep. So we saw 
we saw neighborhoods and people in their neighborhoods get together, yeah. form block coalitions, mm-hmm. and look out after their own. And we saw people deter crime left and right in their own neighborhoods, right? In ways that um, police haven't done before. Absolutely. Because the police, they don't deter crime. They come after the crime has occurred, right? That's their responsibility. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But we saw people taking public safety into their own hands and feel safer with each other than any time that they've seen the police around, which was powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it gave to that conversation of what would it look having... A, a different type of public safety where the police mm. aren't always needed, mm. right? So community, whether community policing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in, public safety is in the community hands, absolutely. So whether you believe in abolishing the police or defunding the police, or if you're pro police, mm-hmm. wh- wherever you stand, everybody has to agree that our system is not working. So 100%. that's just the, the the foundation that we got to operate off of first. Everybody can agree something's up, something's not working. Yeah. So um, did you did those ideologies come with you? Um, when you became a senator and you got into, you know, when you became senator, you got elected, you got into office. Um, how was that? How was, how was having those ideas and, and those ideals? How, how did that work with navigating, you know, being a politician and, and working on bills and whatever it may be? Was there blockades? Did you feel like there's a lot of people pushing back? What was that like? I mean, yeah, it's expected. And I was told immediately that the Senate operates very slowly, right? To yeah. not expect too much too soon. Yeah. Um, okay. Because one of the reasons why I ran personally was I, I wasn't, um, I was, I wasn't for incremental change. I want, we needed something like big mm-hmm. immediately. Yep. Right. And um, so that, that immediately they tried to discourage you. But one, a lot of times what I told folks, even when I was campaigning or when I got there saying, listen, if I, once I win and I'm in, I'm in that seat, I'm not going to have that, that institutional power that an incumbent would have, right? Where they, where they rely on that establishment power. Yeah. So I'm going to rely on the streets. I'm going to rely on the organizations. I'm going to rely on the people, right? To come into the Capitol and to raise hell and make noise so yeah. that, because with these coalitions, that's, that's, that's an effective way of applying pressure to people. And what we did was we got these organizations together. We had people come um, meet with their legislatures, um, meet with folks, whether they're Democrat or Republican, saying, listen, you represent us. You got to represent our interests. So it took a lot of pressure, even from our senators, our reps, even our governor. Um, and I really believe because of that pressure, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have gotten anything done this no. year around public safety. But yeah. we didn't get nearly enough what we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good start given that we have our Republican uh, Senate. Um, by the way, we have the only divided legislature in the country. Every other state either has a fully Democratic or fully Republican wow. legislature. But us, the House is Democratic, the Senate is Republican. Wow. Yep. I did not know that. I did not know that either. That goes back to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Folks not knowing a lot about, you know, um, and you know, it's interesting, interestingly enough, it comes to an advantage for people um, who who want to take advantage of people that that vote for them, right? Senators, even presidents, whatever it may be, they know or they have this premonition that, you know, regular average Joe citizens don't know a lot about how politics works and what's going on. Um, so they use that to their advantage to to promise a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like that, that, has, really that has something to do with more so growing up and not being taught about it mm-hmm. uh, in your household. If something doesn't matter in your household, why would it matter to you? That's and right. I can go back and asking you personally, growing up, what made you sway towards politics? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I think, I think, I was so. First of all, I wasn't a very good student, but I always knew I was good at government and history, right? Mm. And my earliest 
the earliest thing I can remember was uh, my senior year of high school, where um, my government class, the teacher assigned all of us uh, a campaign. So I was a senior 07, 08. So at that time, um, the teacher uh, assigned all of us on a campaign mm-hmm. uh, that goes against your own beliefs. So if you're a Democrat, you identify as a Democrat, you go on a Republican campaign, okay. right? So I was assigned to a, a district attorney, local district attorney race that was a Republican. And I thought that guy was nuts, right? He was saying, <laughs> he was saying the craziest yeah. stuff. And like, what was this? It was, was this in, in Fairfax County, Virginia. No, I'm, uh, I'm originally okay. from the DMV, from Virginia. Oh, that's dope. That's yep, dope. Yep. So I was born in Washington, D.C., raised in Virginia. Wow. So, okay. um, so at that time, I, 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 would, I wasn't really um, into what he had to say. I, now, even when I was canvassing or going to uh, like parades, I was half-assing it. I wasn't really giving yeah. it a mile because this guy is saying some crazy stuff like yeah. uh what well, was he saying what kind of he was thing? saying like he he was he was upset <laughs> that people like people of color specifically were getting too many second chances like wow. he was saying like too many felonies are being knocked to misdemeanors like just the most wildest things yeah. right and were you r- helping him run yeah you have to like so go he on his campaign you on a first name basis yeah yeah because he, we we were we were <laughs> We were volunteers that were placed by our high school teacher on that campaign, right? Wow. And to get a good grade, you have to do and write a, write about it also, have a project on it, right? Oh, wow. Allah, education yeah. is a hell of a thing in America, man. No, but I don't think these days it would fly given no, the political climate. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would just not do it. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not helping this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I don't would, think it would fly yeah. today, but um, yeah. So then that was just my earliest memory because I was like, so this guy believes this. Mm-hmm. Previously, I didn't even know what like a district attorney would do. And this is the kind of power that he has. Because people usually focus at the federal level. What does the Congress do? What does the president do, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. a lot of people have power at the local level too. Local elected school boards, um, commissioners, city councils, they have- That's the people that affect yeah. your day-to-day, man. Day-to-day. Yep, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, yep. Yeah. And so from there, um, I started getting involved. Um, uh-huh. um, I even interned on the Hill um, in wow. community college. I started going to community college. And um, from there, uh, I started but, getting but active. Growing, growing up, in the East Coast, yeah. as a Somali American mm-hmm. that was born and raised, yeah. how is the Somali community there? Uh, the Somali community is a little bit different than over here, yeah. right? There are folks that have been there for several decades. Yeah, um, yeah especially in Virginia. Yeah. In Virginia, yeah, and most yeah. most of the kids don't speak a lick of Somali. Wow, and it's, it's so um, it's a different culture within its own culture there, um, and but they still know they identify as Somali, but they don't. They don't. They're not really attached to the culture the way folks over here are. So, um, one of the when I came here, one of the most immediate things I noticed was how proud and how yeah. attached to the culture people yeah. were, which was dope. Which was something that I connected with. What do they say? Mini Mokdisha? A little Mokdisha, Yeah, exactly, I yes. love it here. So, so um, Chocolate City, DC. Growing up there, um, you grew up in the DMV kind of area, right? Yeah. So I was um, born in DC when I was about three years old. I moved to Virginia. I always like wondered this. So for us, like Capitol Hill or like St. Paul is kind of in the shadow. Mm. Nobody really gives a shit about St. Paul <laughs> until it's like election time. I mean, for me, Even that just to be real, right? <clears throat> really don't care until like it's election time, right? We mm-hmm. don't go down there. We don't talk to our local representatives or senators, which like we said, have the most effect on our life. Um, but like growing up in an environment or in an area where the, the the leaders of the free world, as they call themselves, like mm. come together, what is that like? Is the, does it have like a kind of a, its own mini culture, its own effect um, yeah. on on the community in DC? Yeah, people. So the state legislature is in Richmond, which is like an hour and a half away from 
well, close to two hours away from D.C., right? Okay. But um, the federal level, Capitol Hill, like where the Senate and the yeah. House yeah. operate, um, that's where people really focus on. And people are really close and follow elections closely over there. But at the same time, they don't follow local elections as closely as here in Minnesota. I feel mm -hmm. like here in Minnesota, people follow their local elections yeah. much, much more closer. And younger people are much, much more involved here right now. Um, it's been a while since I've been engaged over there on the East Coast, but at the time when I was there, there wasn't nearly as many young people engaged in the process. It was usually older white folks, but in both parties, right? Yeah. Even like the gatekeepers in the Democratic Party, like the white folks that wanted those like moderate, safe, white, older folks yeah. running for office rather than uh, um, anything else. Because, the radical youth. <laughs> exactly. because Or even people of color because they're more concerned with winning the next election rather than, yeah. okay, after the election, what change is going to come with that, okay. right? They care more about the next election. All right. So two questions. One, yeah. I, I, I think I blacked out in social studies class, but DC is a district. Right. Yeah, it is. Yep. So District they, of Columbia. Do they get representatives and, and senators? They don't. And... They don't. No. They wow. don't. And they should. So there's talk right now. And there's been talk for a long time of having DC become its own state. Yeah. Um, and yeah. They, they, I, yeah, again, I agree with that as well, that they should get representatives because there's a lot of people that live there. And for them not to have representation, obviously, it just doesn't make sense. Um, the second question that I had was, like you said, a lot of people are worried about winning the next election. So mm -hmm. how do you as, as, as a politician navigate you know, working day to day and getting your job done and making sure that, um, you know, your constituents are um, getting what they what they ask for and also navigating, you know, keeping your job yeah. and getting reelected next year. What's that like? So two things. Number one, um, folks know that we're in a, in a Republican held Senate, right? So yeah. with that comes a lot of blockers. So I can propose a bill, but if it doesn't get a hearing and committee, so a bill has to first go through a hearing yeah. process, right? Yeah. They can just lay it down, not even give it a hearing, and then it's dead. Yeah, it reminds the, the Schoolhouse Rock. Which one? You never watched it? Yeah, I'm watch just, a bill. Yeah, I'm just a bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You never watched yeah. that? Yeah, he's Bro, too he, old. He's an old guy. Don't he worry. puts me on with so much game. He's an old guy. Never, we'll, we'll watch it after they do. If you guys don't know, just pause this. Or if you don't you, you're know, on you're, YouTube. You're pause normal. this. Go to Schoolhouse I Rock. I would just like to say, Hold if up. you haven't watched it, you're normal. It's okay <laughs> to not watch everything in the world. Watch I'm Just a Bill by Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> You're going to get educated on how a bill works and then come back and finish this episode. Yeah. Okay, so continue. You said it, it has to get um, yeah, some sort of traction, It has right? to go through a hearing process so mm -hmm. they can just dead it right there. Wow. Right? So what I do also is I try to overload the work on the constituent services side so that when people re reach out to me, I'm as accessible or as responsive as possible, right? So if someone has an issue with their business, um, and the business, for example, is connected to like DHS or MDH, yeah. I connect them because if they try to sort things out themselves, they're not going to get like, um, uh, like the director or like uh, assistant commissioner, they're gonna get someone on the phone. That's I'm yeah. um, gonna drag things on seven days, fourteen days, thirty days. Mm. So I try to get them that immediate solution. So um, I try to be as responsive as as I can to people. And um, if I don't if I don't have an answer, I always connect them with someone that'll give them that immediate answer that they need. So sometimes it takes having a second meeting with another senator with me in the room, or connecting with an agency state agency with me also in that room, but. Um, either way, I try to. If I can't give them the answer, I'm gonna make sure someone does give them the answer. Yeah. So it's it's you're kind of doing the thing of just letting your work speak for itself. And I know, try when when election time comes, campaign like everybody else. And yes, try to, try yes. To, That's your resume because you gotta run on your resume. What did you do for us? So. Exactly. I like that. Speaking I like that, that much. I was talking about policies and bills. What was your proudest moment of passing one? 
Um, so this year, um, we had a fentanyl testing strip bill that got included into legislation, right? Thank you. I love that. Yes. I love that. Mashallah. Thank you. So, so a, a guy named Ben, um, he uh, he came to our office. Um, speaking, we spoke to our office, talking uh, and told us a story about his brother, who passed away because he was uh, he was hooked on painkillers. I heard this one. Yes, yep. I heard. That. And um, he he couldn't he because of insurance reasons he had to go towards getting it from the streets, right? And he didn't know that the one he purchased uh, was laced with fentanyl, mm -hmm. and because of that he died. And fentanyl is lethal. A small dosage can take your life, right? So. Um, what, what legislation we pass now is that if folks have drugs, um, they can, so if there's testing strips previously were considered paraphernalia, you can get uh, arrested for it because yeah. if you have it, you have drugs, right? Mm -hmm. But now folks can get these testing strips and they can test, say whatever drugs they want to do and make sure that they're not taking fentanyl so that they don't do, do, uh, lose their lives. So mm -hmm. that is um, so important. Yeah. Absolutely. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Decriminalizing, you know, drugs and, and whatever, whatever kind of drug it is, decriminalizing it. Um, I think what helps a lot. I thought you were having conversation or, about it, or even oh, having, or even having people know what's going into their body, right? Yeah. Like he, he literally didn't know that, that was in mm -hmm. uh, the medication he was taking, and, and he died. I, that happens because there's a culture of just not talking about these mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And a lot, a lot, a lot of the kids that I know that are getting into this stuff is just because of there's a culture of just not talking yeah. about what is fentanyl yep. and what is a yep. Percocet and what is this and yep. what is that, and then they just get into it and. It's you know how taboo. addiction works. Addiction mm -hmm. is, is is a sickness. It's not it is. a choice. It's not any of that. It's it's a thing that once it happens, you got to actually get medical attention to get up out of it. Um, and that's something we're trying to work hard. We, we don't want to go into an area that we're criminalizing yeah. poverty or criminalizing addiction either. So hopefully this is one step forward. So here's another question that. that I had. I'm sorry. I have a lot, a lot no, of questions. No, you're good. <laughs> um, but so, you know, there's... From my understanding, a lot of senators, a lot of representatives come from great backgrounds and they come from, you know, two parent household, not really mm -hmm. dealt with poverty, great education. And that's not their fault. Right. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, they went through that and they yeah. got that. Right. So is it difficult trying to navigate, you know, ideals and ideologies where it's for them, it's easier to criminalize poverty and it's easily easier to criminalize drugs? Because, like, for example, if I was a senator, I couldn't even process the idea of criminalizing poverty because I lived in poverty. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody who didn't live in poverty, it's not even poverty to them. It's like, oh, this is a crime or this is just. Yeah. So how is that? How is that navigating that? Because like if I, if I had to work in a space where um, the decisions that I made affected a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Right. But the, my coworkers didn't really, they're not even like mentally equipped mm -hmm. with the, with the ideals to, understand that hey i get what you're saying you're trying to be helpful but we can't criminalize drugs yeah yep. which sounds insane by yeah. the way we, but still it makes sense we can't criminalize drugs because instead of criminalizing it we need to help these people so is that difficult for the you? war on drugs has not worked flat out yeah. like that's and that's the truth that is out there but um i hear you so um what i'll say to that is Yes, there are a lot of representatives and senators and both parties that yeah, I think yeah. it's not just a Republican thing. Yeah, of course. But one example I can give you is that in a hearing this year, uh, when it came to public safety, there was a senator named, I think Senator Ingerbrison, and he was said something along the lines, and I'll paraphrase, like, um, why is it that there's conversations about black people being pulled over at a disproportionate rate? That's not a thing. 
police officers, us, we don't we don't see color when we're doing this. It's not a thing, right? Which is bull. It's BS. Yeah. And if you, so that immediately tells you that his reality is different than your reality, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. He represents in farther Minnesota, Douglas County. Douglas County, I think, is like ninety nine and a half percent, ninety nine point five percent white. White, right? <laughs> So that means like this guy can go months without seeing a black person. Wow. He can, he can go an entire like six <laughs> months or years without seeing a black person, right? That's insane. So him and his situation, his life where he sees his neighbor's white, his mailman's white, his grocery person's white. His doctor's white. He, everything one's white, right? Yeah. So he's not seeing the stuff that we're seeing, right? Mm -hmm. So to him, like this is not a thing. So he really isn't seeing color. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yes. He really is. Yeah, he really is. It is. Yeah. So people like, and then he takes that reality, which is skewed yeah. with him over there, right? So it's, 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 it's really, it, it takes, I would say it takes like a very serious situation for somebody personally or a serious situation to hit close to home where it might be like the like aha moment for them where they yeah. flip the switch, right? Yeah. You mentioned, for example, George Floyd earlier. Yeah. After the murder of George Floyd in South Minneapolis, what did we see? A lot we, of people woke up. A lot of people no, woke up. Yeah. You saw a lot of white folks here and in the surrounding areas start having Black Lives Matter signs on their mm -hmm. on their lawns where previously they might be like, whoa, that's like a radical group. I don't know if I'm comfortable with Black Lives Matter, but mm -hmm. now they're supporting I'm because, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Because they saw a gross injustice that cannot be justified at all. At all. And it took that for them that's, to wake up. That's sad though, at the same time. It's, it's sad that it takes a black man to be stepped on, kneeled on for nine yeah. minutes yep. for some people to realize, oh my God, something's, like, not, something's right. not right. Yep. Something's wrong. Exactly. 100%. Um, so mm -hmm. segueing off that, um, we had a conversation earlier about politics, right? Mm -hmm. And just the job itself. Yeah. And th as simply as I can put it, do you think that your job is difficult? You think it's hard, um, and how do you how do you how do you feel about that? Because we were having that conversation about like just some people. We're not gonna say names, but just some people <laughs> not doing their job. Yeah, and I'll and, say this. I'll say not to interrupt you. I apologize. No, 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 so I'll say this: the it gets stressful and tough oh, of course, when yeah. you're engaging with like the opposite side, and you're, you're seeing a lot of barriers and block and blockers. But when it comes to like engaging with constituents and helping them, that's something I enjoy. Like 100%. it's not, it's not something that's I would see. There might be difficult situations, right? But um, if I try to help someone, they know like I'm trying my best. Even if I fail at doing it, and yeah. I have to pass it off to like uh, another senator or someone else that probably more well versed, then that's at least they know I'm trying my best, yeah, right? So, 100%. um, I would say the constituent services part and helping people part that's not hard at all, but. Trying to make make bills a reality and having those tough conversations that keep having to push not only push like Republicans but push your fellow senators, mm -hmm. like your fellow Democrats, right? Who don't always agree with you on certain issues because I'm like on the left wing of the of the party, yeah. um, and um, those conversations are somewhat difficult even like behind oh, closed yeah. doors. So oh, yeah. I would say that part is difficult, but it's still worth it. Do you ever take a moment <clears throat> to realize how far you've come? Just being honest with you. Um, yeah, I say Alhamdulillah all the time because like uh, I always wake up saying like, how did I get here, right? Because it's, it's crazy. It took, it, took, it took a lot of work, but there's a lot of people that helped me get here at the same time. And like, just like from where I started off after high school, not being a good student and like till now, like 
things had to fall in order the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so when I graduated high school, I think my senior year, I had like a 1.9 GPA. Like wow. I was a terrible student. Wow. We're getting honest on since You know what I mean? I'm it. serious. Yeah. I, I, was, I, I was terrible. So I had to get recruited to like a program for community college. It was called the Pathways Program. And the counselor recruited me as for like at-risk youth and students that otherwise wouldn't go to college because it wasn't like on my mind to be like, uh, and, um, did you I got recruit. Go ahead. Did you have other passions and stuff that you were more interested in too, or was it just school wasn't for you? School, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah, know like, if, I don't know if school wasn't for me. It's just, there was nothing that interested me. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think a large part of that came from not having like any teachers of color throughout my uh, time in high yeah. school, uh, K through 12. I think I had one. Uh, at one point in high school that was like an English te English teacher but the entire time there was none yeah. and that plays a part into it yeah it does you know what's interesting yeah. about that um, Elon Musk was talking about this too he's trying to open up a school Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this but where um, like for a certain amount of grades there's basic education mm -hmm. because of course at the end of the day like you might be bad at math or hate math but you need to do math so that you can just have a basic understanding of like three times three is nine you know what I mean so I was waiting for him so, to get that number so off. Right? I got, almost was math is not my thing, guys. Um, but he wants, after that, he wants to do this thing where like kids can choose what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Like especially in high school, middle yeah. school, there isn't a grading system. Mm -hmm. It's like a completely unorthodox way of doing school, but it's the natural way of doing yeah. school, right? Yep. Like kids are forced to like, yep. you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to take these classes when in reality, you they should just be allowed to like, oh, this is what I love or this is what I want to do. And I get to pursue these passions even at a young age. I think that would allow kids to just one get enough good grades, way better grades. Because for me, if I didn't, if I didn't do math or science, I think I would have like a four point mm -hmm. I would have perfect grades because yep. I was just so interested with history and so interested with social studies and yep. so in love with like just learning about all these different things. And yeah, I mean, I think it well, would look, be a lot you, better like that. You had those interests, right? Yeah, and you didn't have an outlet for it. Yeah. Yep. You became a senator because of a teacher that assigned you to an assignment that you didn't really want to be a part of. That's one of the reasons. One yeah. of the, one yeah, of the, at yeah, least yeah, one yeah. of the yeah, yeah. Major a factor, yes, a factor. Yes, yes, yes. Let's say there's a kid right now watching that's Somali American mm -hmm. who has this dream of just becoming a senator. Where would you guide him to? Where would be oh, the first step? Yeah. Um, to be a senator, you don't have to have like a certain degree or major. Mm -hmm. There's there's folks representing us that have a high school diploma. There's folks representing wow. us that has. Um, See, I think I would have. I didn't even think of that. I yeah. honestly thought there was a four year no, political science. There's members degree. of Congress that have a high school diploma. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's not that's not the route. Everybody has their own that's route wild. in life, right? Mm -hmm. And you can end up any way you can through there. Usually. It's through organizing, getting connected with the community, finding out what area you're passionate about. Was it housing, immigration, anything? Um, but at the same time, you have to understand that all these issues are somehow interconnected, right? And that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that we <clears throat> pushed in our campaign, like a multi-generational, multi-racial group that mm -hmm. cared about housing and climate change and immigration issues and everything. So um, to answer your question, there's not like one specific path no to route. get there. Everyone has their own path. And they're going the complete opposite. For that one kid who doesn't care about any of this, how can we get him involved? Mm -hmm. And not only get him involved, but get him at least somewhat interested to a point where he can think about the processes and think about how policies works and how they affect not his only his day-to-day, -day, but just the people around him as well. Well, to get him involved, you first have to... You have to get involved with him. You have to engage him. You have okay. to reach out to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and 
there's not too much of that going on. Yeah. Um, and so kids are not just going to come up to you saying, hey, help me find my interest. Help me find this. You got to do that That's outreach. You got, you got to do that work yourself. Yeah. Um, and we, I, I've been trying to do that even since I got elected. I'm just trying to help folks find internships, trying to help folks um, find their way through community college. Um, and this is something that I cared. So I spoke with you guys about just a minute ago about the Pathways program I went to. Mm -hmm. So after I finished that, I went to four-year college. I went to do my master's. So while I was doing my master's, that program called me back saying, hey, come do a fellowship here, work as an academic advisor yourself and like talk about your story, but also help these kids wow. through that process. And I was able to do that, right? So in that time, I was able to help them identify their strengths. Um, we started some like financial literacy, like after school programs. Um, I helped them with finding internships that were, I tried to help them find paid internships, right? Because oh. a lot of times folks go into a major thinking that it's their interest, but once you get in the field, you don't really like it and mm. you have to switch it up. So that's, I'm I try to push them to do that. So I use those experiences as an academic advisor that I sometimes failed at or sometimes I was successful at and translate it over here too. Mm. That's dope. That's great. So then for people that do, that are already involved, um, I know I, I have a lot of friends that, um, and you, you spoke to some of them as, as well, but that are very passionate about their communities, right? And that are like, have this like bolt of energy mm. that is like, hey, I want to do everything for my community. I want to make sure my community has resources, mm -hmm. has all these things. Um, what would you recommend they do, especially if they can get involved with their, with their political leaders or their you know, city council member, yeah. or whatever it may be? Um, which path would you send them down to so that they can get at least a ball rolling on all these things that they Reach want out to them. everyone that's elected. So there's websites you can type in your address, find out who's representing you at all levels of government. But the biggest issue we have right now is that there is such distrust between the younger folks and the people representing them. Yes. Because they've been burned so many times Facts. by their city council members, by their representatives, by their senators, by their everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of, I think, trust that has to be built first between um, our elected officials who's mm -hmm. lied for generations and generations and the younger folks. Um, and um, so with that being said, nothing changes without um, legislation, yeah. without um, our government, right? So the folks that are so, I would say, discouraged about our process, they have to get involved, but yeah. then overwhelm the system, get your friends involved, get your family involved, get people that think like you involved also, yeah. because that's the only way you can change the process. So instead of stepping back and saying, I hate politics, I hate politicians, yeah. But I want to organize at the same time. That's not how it works. Organizing, and you got to have someone on the inside, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm more than happy to be that person on the inside for anybody, yeah, anytime, 100%. because there's representatives and senators and folks that you have to lobby, and you have to go meet with them and try to convince them. But the people that elected me, I feel have, we're in alignment in our thought already. So I don't, yeah. I don't need lobbying. Yeah. Just come to me, say, hey, this is what it is, and I'll try to get it done. That's dope. Yeah. That's fire. I love the accessibility too. I really love how accessible this guy is. Like, he, I don't even think he, you don't represent where I live, City Riverside. No, but I'm in there all the time. He's there. He's there, <laughs> damn near, all the time. Like, every time we have an event, every time we have a fundraiser, he's there answering questions, talking to people. The people coming up to, yo, like, this, this, that didn't happen. What do you think about this? Oh, you should go do that and this and the third. And I think we need more of that. We need more politicians the that are like is, that. Is you, you sound like you're so good at passing down knowledge that you've already acquired. Yeah, and I feel like that's something people hoard because they treasure it. Yep. Just because I did 12 years of knowledge of learning, you should go through the same struggle. Yeah. That's Com not the case. Yeah. Compared to I did 12 years, here's 12 years in a, in a notebook. Do better than me. Do better than me. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think that's yes. the goal. It's your job. That's, that's definitely the goal. It's, yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. I feel like it's getting late. 
we definitely have to do a part two. Yeah. I would love to do a part two. This every, is really nice. Every single guest we've had, we've had very ambitious and very goal-oriented people who just seem like they just love mm. accomplishing things. Mm. So we so we have a little, not a bet, but just more so like a promise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of and just, I, inshallah, I told him a year. The Sincerely Honest Pact. <laughs> the Sincerely Ooh, Honest Pact. Nice. That's I like nice. That. So inshallah, in a year's time, regardless of where we're at, we you could be in Turkey, I could be in freaking Canada. <laughs> we want to come back and bring whoever we've had on. Okay. And to see where, how far we've come. Mm. And it's just an invitation. It's open. You. you don't have to accept it. But just what goals do you have within the year? Mm-hmm. What's next? What's next for you? Um, I could tell you a political goal. My One of my goals at the Senate. Um, so this year was a budget year. It was all about the budget and how we're going to fund our state. So next year is a policy year. Okay. So there's some things I want to work on. One of the things I want to work on is, um, and this comes from me being a former academic advisor, um, banning unpaid internships statewide. If you're doing an internship, you got to get paid. Because from what I saw while I was a counselor or <laughs> academic advisor, um, these students, they were, good at, they were able to get opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. That could advance their uh, careers. But a lot of those opportunities were unpaid. And students of color are more likely to come from a, a background that's, um, uh, uh, not as well off as their white counterparts, right? So mm-hmm. they can't afford those opportunities that their white counterparts can afford. So because a lot of my students, they were working, they were helping support the family, helping pay rent, helping pay X, Y, Z. So I want to make sure that they're able to get those opportunities and they're not a- they're not foregoing those opportunities because of um, the cost or the- because they're not being paid. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure they're compensated fairly and at the same time, uh, they're able to get that experience. So that's my that's goal beautiful. for next year. I love that. And that's an amazing goal. Well, let me just add on maybe an extra minute, a story. Yes. The re- I work, I love information technology and I've got a degree in it. Mm. But the reason and the know-how of how I even got into it is because of Step Up mm, and Genesis. Yes, 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 yes. So when I was a 14-year-old little kid in Minneapolis, outside Minneapolis, mm. I was waking up at what, 6, 7 a.m. to catch a bus mm-hmm. to go to St. Paul to work at U.S. Bank. Wow. Yeah. And just that hardship and getting paid for it mm-hmm. you know, gave me that no hope. Just like, you know what? If I work in two weeks, I can get a paycheck that can yep. not only help me, but my family. Mm-hmm. Yep. At 14, Absolutely. that's life changing. Yeah, I did the step up program too. So, it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's amazing. And so I, re- I respect that. Yeah, I lot. really do. I really do. I love that. And then the, the idea that they get, it creates equity, not mm-hmm. equality. It creates equity. Absolutely. And creating equity is, is very important. MashaAllah. That's well said. Anything else? No man, I mean alhamdulillah wallah, this guy has given us a lot of knowledge. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm put gonna... my put my address in and call all the guys that represent me now. Call? <laughs> and be like, hey yeah, Umar told me to do this. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Since Thank you so honest, much for having us, man. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah do that real ahead, quick. Yeah, put all your socials down, everything. So you can talk to the camera too. Yeah, yes. look right at the camera and so you can find me on uh, Instagram at uh, O-M-A-R-F-A-T-E-H-M-N. Um, and same thing for Twitter. So my handle for Twitter and Instagram are the same. Um, you can look up uh, my name, Umar Fatah, F-A-T-E-H, or Senator Umar Fatah on Facebook, and you can find my page. Please like the page, follow along what we're doing. If you want to reach out to our office, it's sen.umar.f-a-t-e-h at senate.mn, and you can reach out to our office. 